0: Next, on News for the Soul, Eyes Wide Open, with Janessa and SJ. We are multifaceted beings living in a multidimensional existence. We hold the power of perception, and this power
1: alone paints our reality. Perception influences the things we see and the things we don't see. Together, we'll explore the mystical and the material, the metaphysical and the physical. The supernatural and the
0: concrete, the seen and the unseen. Please welcome Janessa and SJ back to News for the Soul. Welcome to Eyes Wide Open. I am Janessa Finley Ford. I'm an empowerment coach who guides leaders, healers, and high achievers to turn their obstacles into outcomes as they master the art of being human. And I am joined this evening by SJ. Hi,
1: everybody. And I'm SJ. I'm a certified crystal healer and shamanic earth and energy medicine practitioner. Really marries together those old ancient wisdoms with those of new age concepts like quantum physics to really help us live our best life in the most graceful manner that is possible while still having a human experience within this soul level of existence. Mm-hmm.
0: That human experience. She's a dandy. So this evening we're going to talk about why energy healing works. And before we dive in, funny story time. So a couple of weeks ago we celebrated Love Day, Valentine's Day. You guys got to listen to an episode about grief on Love Day. Close connection there. So if you are navigating a chapter of grief and you haven't heard that episode, jump into the archives, check it out, or you can find it on crystallinecurrents.com or fiercelyradiantsoul.com. And while we were out celebrating Love Day, I was very intentional with Valentine's Day this year. For those of you who have followed along and you know my story, my husband's story, you know that two years ago, the FBI showed up outside of our home, and it really gave Valentine's Day the potential to have a whole different meaning. And we were the couple that celebrated Valentine's Day before this. I would really, really trash the holiday, if I'm being honest. Like, this is such a commercial holiday. It's just another way to sell things to make people guilted into buying things for each other. I don't need a day for the other person that I'm with to know that I love them or for them to love me. Like, we have that every day of the year. I don't need Valentine's Day. So this year, I was very intentional that we were going to celebrate Valentine's Day and very intentional that this day was going to have a positive meaning for us, especially after all that we had been through through a circumstance that would have torn most couples apart or many couples apart. And to persevere through that, we are going to celebrate that for sure. So I made reservations at a restaurant uh, in town, a restaurant that we both really like, haven't been to in a lot of years, like before 2020, a lot of years. So it was going to be a fun experience for us, you know, when there's that much time that's gone by, it's exciting to go back. And on the drive to dinner, we had just gotten like two blocks from our home. And I, you know, was planning in my head, how do I set everything up for success, right? And I know my husband, he typically pays for things. And when I will offer to pay for dinner or something, especially in a social setting, if I do it last minute, he always so graciously declines. And is like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. And so I really, really, really wanted to be so intentional of this act of love toward him. I wanted to truly get the ticket at the end of the night and not have him in that situation where he would feel like that's his job. So I just said to him, you know, I was really intentional about celebrating us this evening and making these reservations and having a date night and time to connect and I would really love for that to include me paying for the dinner. And his response to me was, "Oh, that's different." And I I was like <laughs> taken aback, honestly. I'm like, "Wow." I mean, I try to pay for things, and this is all the dialogue going on in my head, mind you. Like, I try to pay for things, and I offer to pay for things when we go out, and he declines it. So, gosh, that's kind of harsh to be like, that's different. Like, you don't pay for stuff. Now you're going to pay for this tonight. But, okay, I'm not going to get crunchy and crusty on our drive to dinner and let it influence the evening. So I'm like, it's fine. So we go to dinner. We have a great time. And we're walking away from the restaurant, going back to our vehicle afterward, and we walked past this other restaurant, and it smelled so strongly like um fryer grease, like that really potent, greasy grease, like, ugh. And he asked something about what is that, because we were walking by an Asian restaurant, and so typically, you know, you think, sushi, they serve tons of sushi, sushi doesn't need fried typically but they make tempura tempura i say tempura so i said tempura and he starts laughing at me and he's like that's funny you really articulate and i'm like oh did i say it did i pronounce it wrong so he corrected me said the correct way to pronounce it and i'm like well i guess you know like we're just on one this evening I don't say tempura correctly and I am paying for things, which is different. And I'm like, so we'll just, you know, get a good laugh out of things. And he's like, wait, you thought that's what I meant by you, you pay for things not very often. And I'm like, yeah, I did take it that way. And he's like, Oh, that's not what I meant at all. I just meant I'm a traditional guy. So it's different for me to not pick up the tip. So my point is that, I would love to give a learning lesson in this, right? Like don't, um, don't just allow assumptions to happen. This is why asking questions is so important. We could have clarified that whole conversation before we even got to dinner, but I love how it did clarify and really honestly old Janessa this would have been like some dynamic for the evening including being laughed at over how I said a word because I would have taken that personally as well and then I can just acknowledge like oh okay I could take that personally but I really don't have to give it meaning unless I choose to and just go on with the evening and then when the clarity arrives it's just really pretty funny so we had very different definitions of what it's different meant And those dynamics can come into relationships all the time, communication in general. So how energy healing works, because energy healing is really what took me from a life of living everything personally to really being able to stand in my power and allow people to have the opinions that they have and not have to allow that to mean anything about me or upset my apple cart. How's energy healing work, SJ?
1: Well, my favorite is the placebo effect, right? You'll hear a lot lot of people say, oh, it's just a placebo effect. That's all it is. And I laugh every single time. And I'm like, if my placebo effect cures my andrometriosis, my ovarian cysts, and the pain and havoc that PCOS has created for my life for years, then I'll take that for 5000 please. Do I care if it's the placebo effect? I don't. Genuinely do not give an ounce of care if it is the placebo effect or not. You know, and for me, the placebo effect is interesting because, I mean, if you think about things like if you want to have a good day, you'll have a good day. If you look for something to be wrong, you'll definitely find for something to be wrong. So I don't necessarily buy into all of the like the placebo effect is just this fake thing that is created and it happens. And there's no explanation. I think it's still intention. Placebo effect for me is still a 100% intention coming into play as well. So I laugh every single time people are like, It's just placebo effect that you're experiencing. I mean, give me placebo effect then for my experience. I'll take that over torture and disease within my body.
0: <laughs> so this is this is the funny story I should have opened the show with. I'm so glad you brought this up because I literally had this conversation with a family member this week. And I was the one that threw out there the, if you remember my funny story about placebo, the placebo effect. So I, I used to huh. pronounce the word placebo instead of placebo. But anyway, uh, so I know this family member doesn't believe in anything holistic, healing, very scientific, very Enneagram vibe, intellectual, research, analytical. And so <clears throat> the homeopathic came up in a conversation, and he was laughing hysterically about them, and I simply said, hey, I'm not here to convince you of anything, but they made a dramatic difference in my experience with asthma and bronchitis. And um, there was some response to that, and I said, I don't even care 12 poops if it's the placebo effect. Like, the fact is, it worked for me, and I'm thrilled. And his response was, well, um, a placebo effect is never going to be effective for me. And so coming from my perspective of energy healing and my modalities, you know, what we believe is what we create. And so if our beliefs are that we simply for no reason ever under the sun will believe that something holistic or placebo or anything is going to have any effect, then it won't.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You'll create your own reality around that. So he is 100% correct. (laughs) It will never work for him.
0: (laughs) And I kind of chuckle, and I'm like, "Yep." and we'll both just love life on different levels, and that's cool. So, I also love that it did not become a debate or, uh, you know, that there's a right way and a wrong way. And we both really were laughing through the conversation while we were having it from vastly different perspectives, but I think there's some poetic and beauty in that. So,
1: yeah. I know that you do a lot of work around, um, uh, like the functional medicine and the supplements too. And there's a link to this with crystal healing even. So, Dr. Theodore Baroudi, I think I pronounced that correctly, but I may have butchered it. So apologize now, Dr. Baroudi, if I am incorrect in your pronunciation, but is quoted as saying alternative healing modalities produce alkaline forming body reactions. Now, why is that a good thing? Well, alkaline forming body reactions are insanely healing for us compared to acidic. That is scientifically proven by mainstream scientifics and doctors as well, but we are 100% electrical beings. I don't know if everybody like leans into that concept or has really thought about it, but as humans, we are 100% electrical. That's how we do what we do. And there's this resonance between crystals. Crystal healing is where my main jam and roots have come from, but there's a resonance between that the crystals and our body functions and how the electrical circuits can come together too. And when that resonance is achieved, that increases our voltage. And the more alkaline we are, so the opposite of acidic, the higher our voltage is. And the higher our voltage is, the better our health. How does that correlate to the functional medicine that you are so into as well, Janessa? Uh,
0: Absolutely. Um, Well, I don't know the word. I'm drawing a complete blank, like it's the same, carbon coffee.
1: <laughs> right, even it's an alignment.
0: Even in, for instance, cancer, having had the conversation with Dan last week, uh, high acid levels is part of that equation that you can track for whether or not you're predisposed to having cancer. Um, so, yeah, the the pH balance in the body is part of our natural health. I mean, in essence, we want to be in balance with all things, including pH balance. And, of course, there's an energy connection and vibration to that.
1: Yeah, that's literally, I believe, one of the items that Dr. Baruti went into was measuring the pH or the alkalinity versus acidity of an individual prior to energy or alternative healing modalities for an extended period of time. So there was a test study or a few of them, I think, at this point that he did to really be able to show scientifically, like, here's where we started from a pH stance. And then after an extended period of time of those holistic healing modalities, this is where that same individual is at the end of that So really, truly scientifically proving that first statement that he's quoted of saying that that alternative healing modalities produce alkaline-forming body reactions. Um, So that's really where his areas of studies have been. And I think it's amazingly um, in-depth. And also, I love anybody who can marry together the holistic or the metaphysical to that of even Western medicine just to bring in those belief systems into more alignment with people too, So I think he does amazing, amazing work. So definitely look him up and see what you can find out there on him. But that is one of them that I think is very scientifically proven that this is to be true. And how he has gone about that test to show that is masterful for sure.
0: Yeah, specifically with functional medicine, (laughs) uh, there's a blood marker that I look at to have an idea if people are more acidic or more alkaline based upon, you know, primarily diet is a big influence. So that's the direction that I guide people is changing water and diet. And that is the CO2, the carbon dioxide on your blood Blood report. It's in the comprehensive metabolic panel. So something that you're going to have ran every year at your annual checkup. So you can get uh, an idea of where you're at for that acidic alkaline balance just in your general
1: labs. Yeah, Absolutely. I think another item to consider, especially like if we're looking at crystal healing, because I think a lot of people when they think of crystal healing, there's not a whole lot of science that you probably lean to of like, oh, here's the reason why crystal healing works. It's probably one of those more woo woo modalities of oh they're pretty and people like to sit with them uh, but there truly is science behind why crystal healing actually works and it has to do with a couple of things including piezoelectricity including dominant oscillary rate frequencies harmony all of that but i think like the best place to start with why does crystal healing work is to begin with the fact that it is a repeating crystalline molecular structure so there's symmetry There is low entropy, which this is a little bit scientific-y here, but that's what we're doing in this radio show, right? And I think the best way to think of entropy is just to think or correlate it to chaos. So if you do not mow your yard and you just allow vines and grass and weeds and whatever to take over, that's kind of what entropy looks like until you decide to mow it again. And then there is symmetry. The blades of grass are the same height. There's no vines growing up things anymore. That's really like the correlation between entropy versus lowering the entropy. You're never going to have zero entropy, but you can certainly lower the amount of chaos or non-structure that exists. And that is really what crystals come into play And how they can really start to help us lower that specific entropy stance going on in our bodies. Um, If you get into some of the scientific, Janessa, I know that you have talked a lot about this stuff in the Stronger Together community, but how each of our organs have a different dominant oscillary rate um, from each other. Your heart does something different than what your liver does, which is different than what your brain does. Uh, So really connecting in the dominant oscillary rate, which is how they resonate, what frequency is held there, uh, what is even the amplitude that comes into with each one. When we are looking at crystal healing, because the crystals have such a standard structure, they are the same throughout. If we're looking at an amethyst crystal and you look at that by atom by atom, they all look exactly the same. The structure is not different. It is the same throughout. So what you do with crystal healing when you're working with the crystals, whether that be virtual, which is a whole other topic of how and why energy healing can work, uh, or in person, you're really trying to bring in whatever area of concern you have. That could be an emotional stance. It could even be a physical stance, like you're trying to lower your blood pressure or cancer is something that you are trying to uh, shift the energetics in as well. When you're doing that, you're going to work with a specific crystal because they all have different dominant oscillary rates to help and train and remove or lessen some of that entropy that you have going on or that chaos that is creating that physical disease or the emotional disease that you are experiencing. So you're essentially utilizing the crystal to bring that dominant oscillary rate of your body or your being into harmony or resonance with whatever that dominant oscillary rate of the crystal is. Does that make sense or are we losing people with this? Mm-hmm. If we are, I love this topic. So I would certainly welcome any of this conversation in our Stronger Together community, especially our boxer community where, uh, or that is included with the membership. I think this would be a great space to explore even more in depth of how and why and what exactly this entropy versus dominant oscillary rate is. Yeah,
0: in, in simplistic terms, I personally, and you can correct me if this doesn't fit into your paradigm, but look at it as entropy or that chaos versus order. And having, especially from a functional medicine, a physical standpoint, having the cells in the body doing their job, having the organ systems balanced and in order with one another doing their jobs. And so you move that chaotic state where there's an imbalance, back into a state of order and teamwork. Like everything is communicating, flowing. I also, I love a good analogy. I also often talk about energy healing in terms of a fuse box because we are an electric organism. And so if you want your garbage disposal to work, you have to have the energy circuit in your fuse box turned on for that to happen. Otherwise you can switch that switch on and flipping that switch is not going to allow anything to happen. So in terms of the chakra systems or the energy centers in our being and in our body, our aura, all these energetic components to us is essentially our personal fuse box. And when we're in balance and all of those fuses are flipped on, then things are going to flow and function the way they were designed, including the the human body's ability to repair, to heal itself. But when it gets clogged up, which I liken the clogged issue of the fuse, you know, the fuse is blowing. The clogged issue comes from emotions in the nervous system. And when there's an overwhelm of these stagnant emotions, throws things out of balance, you blow a fuse, and then it doesn't matter how many times you turn the switch to the garbage disposal on or off, or maybe your garbage disposal will even have a handy dandy reset button. None of that matters because there's not any energy getting to the garbage disposal for it to work properly. And so you have to have everything open and flowing. So Hopefully that brings some order to some of the concepts that we're talking about here to see from that 30,000 feet up objective view of how it all fits together between the emotions, the physical body, the energy that you can't even see, the electricity. I mean, we can pull light into this conversation as well because of the light body that we are and the influence that light has. Um particularly red light is incredibly healing to the physical body uh, so yeah we have so many different vibrational components to us that we also have all of the capability to use those vibrational components to create order or health or balance within our being
1: yeah and I would say one thing with crystal healing as well people are probably if you work with crystals are saying but not all amethyst is created the same. So if you're saying each specific type of crystal has its own dominant oscillary rate, then shouldn't all amethysts be created the same? The answer is no, because there could be other trace minerals that are in there as well that are creating a little bit different vibe or frequency than what the one next to it that you're not attracted to is doing. But to plug on that cord and the light frequencies a little bit more that Janessa brought up too, That dominant oscillator rate depends on several variables within the crystal. So this, again, is why they're not – all amethyst isn't created the same. And if I have time, I'm going to go back to obsidian and why I treat it so differently than other crystals, too. Um, But to stick with this, though, the molecular composition, the size, the thickness, the color, and the specific meaning of the light frequencies that are associated to that color, because as you guys have looked at amethyst, you probably know, not all purple of amethyst looks exactly the same, even from a light frequency stance to you either. But the exact kind of information that's being conveyed from those crystals is different based on all of those individual factors that come to play. We also have the different elements that make up the crystal, the crystal system that it belongs to, and how that dominant oscillary rate determines specific healing properties for that crystal. So, literally every crystal is unique. No amethyst is created exactly the same. But when we start to really look at these, one amethyst may resonate with you more than another and have a slightly different personality. And the reason Is that the total energy signature is unique due to those specific resonances, which comes from the growth environment where that crystal was formed. Crystals that were formed in New Mexico have a completely different vibration and frequency than those that were perhaps formed in the Himalayas or China. Very, very different. Um, and it has to do with the growth environments and their predetermined precise growth patterns, their sacred geometry. That could be a whole episode in its own. Uh, the way that they grew, like what made this one specific amethyst grow into a geode versus a different one grow into a tiny little point? It had more water coming to play, which is the elements, like bringing in more of those shamanic aspects. When you start to look at the heat, that fire energy, was it hotter where this other amethyst was born or not? Of course, the specific colors, are that's easy to see how that difference can come into play with light theory as well, but there could be different inclusions uh, that are in there as well. A hematite, something that grows often with amethyst, of course citrine, clear quartz can come into play. There is honestly a plethora of other minerals that grow. Um, with each other that can really change the energy bounces both internally and externally within those crystals too. So moral of the story is all amethyst is not the same. And it just depends on the various items that come to play t- for that crystal to have formed. And also in addition, it's not a hundred percent across the board for everyone. So just like that amethyst crystal has a different dominant oscillary rate. I have a different dominant oscillary rate than Janessa. I have a different frequency that my heart moves than she does, and that's going to be forever true no matter <laughs> what our health is to an extent, right? Even if we were in peak optimum health, both of us, our hearts are still going to look and feel and have a little bit different of a dominant oscillary rate just based on how we have come together. What we put in our body can have a huge impact upon that, of course, Um But it's going to be different for everyone on how you vibrate and which crystals you're attracted to as well for exactly the same reason. Uh, And those crystal vibrations are constantly in flux to move another thing into the mix. So way this amethyst vibrates in Nebraska may feel completely different in the Himalayan mountains just because of the dominant oscillatory rates of the organisms and the elements that are in that location as well. So certainly um, the crystal vibrations can be in flux and it's not 100% going to be the same for everyone in any like specific case. There's also a lot of books out there that will label the dominant oscillary rate of a crystal. So for instance, they would say the dominant oscillary rate of amethyst is 10. Would say that's more of an average I don't really subscribe to the fact that you can type amethyst as a whole genre of crystals into one specific dominant auxiliary rate because they are insanely different. <clears throat> so just keep that in mind that if you look at some of like, I think it's the crystal healing Bible that has <clears throat> the dominant auxiliary rates listed. Think of that more as an average and not to be um, the entire of the story either. But, so we talked a little bit about the fixed repeating molecular pattern of a crystal and it's geometrically perfect. Like that's kind of the point. And because of that, a crystal has the lowest state of entropy. There's that word again, right? Entropy, disorder. Janessa gave a beautiful definition and correlation to entropy uh, and what we're really trying to do with lowering it. So unlike us, where we have multiple uh, differences in our dominant oscillatory rate. That crystal only has one, and that's why it is so effective in its use and application. Because we're working with one type of uh, dominant oscillatory rate, and we can use multiple crystals, of course, to shift any of our own frequencies to bring them into uh, resonance with us. That's so kind of a long spiel of how all of this works and why not all crystals are created the same. But that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Crystal healing is so cool.
0: I just quickly have to share my first experience with this. Having come from the modalities that I come from where the conscious mind is very involved. There's thinking, there's talking, and there's a recognition of the shift happening in real time based upon the things that you were thinking within minutes shift into, huh, yeah, I don't actually believe that anymore, or I don't feel that anymore, I don't think that anymore. And so when SJ and I connected and started working together, and I experienced crystal healing for the first time, I have to be really, really honest, guys, I was so skeptical. I'm like, <laughs> I don't really, like, first of all, I know nothing about how crystal healing works, Um, but I'm open to the experience make me a believer which I didn't actually say that to S.J. I'm sure she was very well influenced to completely grasp that I was pretty skeptical. And there was just so much that happened in that first session. I there were muscles that would more than twitch, but I wouldn't say spasm because it wasn't painful, but they would like the so my muscles would jump. Like you would feel this release happening Um, I had recognition of an angel through part of the um, session. And so from spiritual all the way down to physical, you know, how I felt uh, there were some leaking from my eyes that happened as the emotions would come up and release. Like I was very aware, even though I wasn't speaking it out loud, all of this was shifting and happening from what, appeared to me as having some rocks placed on my body, right? There's a lot more to it than that that I had no idea about. And so that is really when I became so fascinated with more than one way up the mountain, right? That we can have these different modalities and ways of shifting our being that can be so incredibly different, yet incredibly effective at the same time. And then as we connected further, we got really curious about, well, what happens when you put it all together? (laughs) Because at first, we really just did a a traditional exchange. It was just all about receiving one of us, receiving the modality and the guest person. And then we expanded from there and found how much more quickly When we combined everything together in all the different modalities that those patterns, the entropy would release, the order would take place and the emotions would come up and release as well. The beliefs shift, the thoughts shift and your perception. It's like a miracle. It's like so many miracles all within such a short amount of time. And so that's my story. That's my point. I still get caught, like, I'm at a loss for words. I have to share this to you guys. Like, I'm at a loss for words because the awe of what we do never escapes me. Like, when I really start thinking about how it's impacted my life, how it's impacted the life of people we work with and how people, members and stronger together literally say that it's changed their lives and so many amazing ways that awe just does not wear off the things that happen for individuals who have been weighed down and plagued by different hardships um, that just alleviate so quickly when working with both of us it it takes it takes my words away and I just get caught up in that energy of the awe that is this life experience and how much empowerment we have as beings when we start cracking open this inner healing capacity within us and just run down that rabbit hole <laughs> like knowing more and more and more and we become the more we know the more effective we become so anyway it's powerful stuff it's incredible it's miraculous truly And that's really, as I said, like us coming at it from a different angle. And so for me, with the work that I'm doing, I'm really looking at restructuring or reordering the belief system. So as I just talked about, and I know I've talked about a lot in other episodes, you know, our beliefs spark our thoughts, and our thoughts create an emotional response. and That emotional response creates a feeling in our body, and those feelings in our body can manifest into physical dis ease or discomfort within the physical body, and so it's really looking at if we can reestablish a different belief system and order that belief system in a way that supports the client, supports their healing, and rewrites the stories that they've experienced in their younger years that they've been carrying with them all this time, including the emotions, including the feelings in the body, including what's manifested into that discomfort in the physical body that domino effect it just knocks it all down and releases and unwinds all of that and our as we know our brains are very 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 electric they're very energy driven so it's just a matter of shifting the energy and tapping into the energy system of the person to guide and tell what exactly they need <laughs> It's, just, it's so simple. It makes me gizzle a little bit. But these are just not things like muscle testing that we're often raised to know how to do. And so we make it so complex because it's so counterintuitive and countercultural to what we know in our traditional lifestyle. We so just have to step outside traditional and get into the
1: unconventional and crazy and then using miracle happen. All these placebo effects are just beautiful chain reactions. <laughs> yeah, sparking off all
0: over the place, everywhere. So I would love to talk about self-healing versus activating the healing energy within you. Because from the surface, one of my, you know, biases prior to meeting you was really that modalities such as crystal healing was doing the healing for you and not necessarily activating that wisdom within you um, and giving you the tools to heal yourself. And that's actually something that, you know, I quickly came to learn was an intense passion that we both share, but a passion of yours that you didn't want people to be dependent upon you for the healing either. And so I'm curious about how in the way you approach crystal healing – are you allowing people to navigate self-healing and activate that so that they aren't merely coming in that more of a dependent state, session to session, waiting? <laughs> that's always a word with clients. I'm like, let's talk about And probably will be a radio show episode at some point in the future. Like the difference between patience and waiting, when we're just waiting for things to happen that's, at least stagnant energy. Um, So talk to me about how it's activating that natural healing within so that people aren't dependent and waiting for their next session to have more healing, but maintain that healing posture and process
1: throughout. Yeah, I mean, so teaching people the techniques has always been part of what I wanted to bring to this world and certainly to the Stronger Together community as well. Uh, So I think once you learn that you don't need to have all of the books to figure out what this crystal can do for you and to lean into the muscle testing or the pendulum. So if we have a specific issue, let's say we are exhausted and we can't figure out how to get out of it. Instead of trying to go to a book or to a crystal healer to say, oh, I'm exhausted, I have fatigue, what do I do? I've taught pendulum use, right? Right. What do you do? Let's identify which chakra is affected. Like which one is the one that's causing the tired? Where's our problem chakra? So pendulum muscle test identify the chakra. Let's say if we're tired, it's usually sacral solar plexus is the logical first guess, not always. But let's say it's a sacral chakra. Great. Then it's the muscle testing or pendulum use of what crystal? If it's crystal healing, we're going with what crystal energetics do you need to release whatever that blockage is that's creating the fatigue. And then you can just go through a list. You can use Google and just say, give me a list of crystals and muscle test or pendulum through which crystal it is. One of my favorite things that Janessa brought to the Stronger Together community, not me, is that we don't actually have to have all of the crystals in our possession to be able to work with their energetics. So working with the concepts like absolute scalar waves to pull in the energetics of, let's just say a carnelian, pull in the energetics of a carnelian into our solar plexus to release the fatigue. Actually all you need, you don't need mean, you don't need to possess the carnelian. You don't need to have anything but yourself in order to be inquisitive with the process of Really being in that exploration mode of, all right, here's my chakra system. Let me just muscle test one through seven, typically, figure out which one it is, and then let's muscle test or pendulum and see which crystal would be best. Sometimes we don't even need that. Sometimes it's the acknowledgement and the absolute scalar waves uh, coming into play for that specific chakra that can also release it. Of course, I teach quite a bit about the colors. And you can certainly eat food to help support the individual chakras. So I really wanted to have all of that place or all of those concepts within that group Stronger Together. So we have them in a couple of different courses uh, to be able to do those on your own. Now, sometimes it is nice to not have to lean into finding The block or what's going on, especially for some of those higher level patterns. So, of course, like having that group support is amazing or even individual support as well. But those are like the one off patterns. Those are not the everyday things that just pull us down that create a week's worth of tired. Right. When you're on a Monday and you realize that you are exhausted, there are options to be able to figure out how to get out of exhaustion instead of waiting until two weeks that next Thursday to have somebody help you do that. And I think that's really the beauty of that Stronger Together community as well, is that there are a plethora of options and techniques within that intervention library that individuals can go to and lean on. And once you learn them, you have them, right? Like, you don't have to keep going back to the platform. Once you know how to do tapping, once you know how to do the UFO holding, you're not going back to do it again or to watch that uh, video again on the platform. Like, you just know it and you now have it. And it's just like riding a bicycle at that point.
0: Yeah, I one of the, when you bring up the colors, one of the things, and I've mentioned this here on the show before, that really is so astounding in the work that you do, especially with crystals, is really getting outside of the traditions of the chakras, the colors, and the crystals. And what I mean by that is, you know, for instance, if someone's having, we'll say, like, a heart issue, we think heart chakra, we think green. And I've seen you work with people where there's the emotional component, or there's ancestral energy. And the thing that they actually did not need is green. And mm-hmm. you're able to guide them in the direction of what they do need. And so I suppose this is a, a cheerleading moment for pendulum <laughs> and muscle testing because when you are on that self-healing venture, Without those tools, if you used your conscious mind to try to figure it out, you're going to lead yourself in a direction that might seem logical but doesn't actually alleviate the situation which then people draw the conclusion that the crystals or the self-healing or these holistic modalities don't actually work when in fact what's happening is they're just not getting to the root and the core of the matter. And I've – always really enjoyed learning, observing, and watching you for as polished as you are in what you do of always getting to the root, and it's so often from an angle that actually isn't logical (laughs) if you just look at the service level of coordinating colors and chakras and themes. There's so much more to it than simply that, and Man, I mean, you're so successful at what you do. It's it's not a placebo.
1: Or it is. It's just a very effective one, and I'm okay with either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true.
0: Either way, it gets results. So, So let's talk about individual versus group. Our healing, and we have different ways to go about healing. So if people wanted to discern what is best for them and they're not using pendulum or muscle testing and they just want the conscious information, let's talk about group versus individual. So I used to be a very biased, individual-only person, and I also used to be only one modality. I just (laughs) have one modality that I trust, and that's all I'm going to use. So I've really banded in my own healing journey um, of not only utilizing for my own healing, but becoming certified in more than one modality. Um, but really, like, okay, you guys, you know, you you know, I love a good analogy, and I love chocolate, and I really love brownies, so I have brownie analogies for lots of things. But in my personal journey, I found that with Individual everything, whether it's just using one modality or just um studying and learning one modality, it's like just having cocoa powder. And it, you know what? Cocoa powder on its own is kind of bitter and it's really not so sexy. Like, I don't want to just go get me a big spoonful of cocoa powder ever, ever. But if you mix it with some butter and some sugar and some flour and some eggs, you have the most delicious brownies you could ever, ever consume. And I feel like that—that that is kind of a perfect analogy of what we bring into the group of Stronger Together. We have this beautiful, amazing recipe for something that is so sweet, so delicious, so satisfying, and so fulfilling. But there is a place for individual services as well. Um, so I find personally that for individual sessions, for myself, for clients, when you're really working through a sensitive topic and you don't want to have to divulge details, which with energy work it's not like talk therapy, you don't have to relive the situation and you don't have to disclose nearly as many details as what you would get into oftentimes with more of a talk therapy traditional experience but there's that confidentiality, there's that safety, there's, you know, that real sacred container of just you and one other individual where you don't feel like you're perhaps exposed in a group with something that is really sensitive to you. And I personally also find that the individual sessions are really transformative. And I think that it's similar yet different from the really transformative experiences that are in the group too. Like they're both very transformative, but I feel like in a little bit different element with the individual sessions, like that one thing that you're driving yourself crazy over, <laughs> that really becomes the the root that gets ripped out. And then the ripple of that um, spreads into many various different areas of life. So for you individually with individual sessions or for you personally with individual sessions, what do you feel like are the main to set that apart for someone? I would say,
1: yeah, I would say for me, it's a lot the same. I typically in individual sessions have a lot of people that come to me for genetic or physical conditions that are coming to play. So very detailed to them. Now, that's not to say that we're not going to hit genetic aspects in group because, of course, we are. But if you're coming for a very specific, this is what I've had going on, I want to work this specific thing and nothing external necessarily from that, I feel like they're more, well, individual is more laser-focused on what that one topic is that you have brought. And because I'm focusing an individual's, Specifically on just you and that topic, there's less other information coming in to work as well, so I feel like you can get deeper in individual quicker. Not that we don't get deep in group, but you're going to hit that root cause very, very fast. In individual where in group, we might have a couple of topic sessions that are still going to get the root. And it's actually going to probably touch a couple of other topics or areas of concern at the same time. Um, In group, I feel... I feel like group is those aha moments of I would have never thought about that. I would have never seen that as a problem. So like group for me is that stuff that you don't think is a problem. Like it doesn't hit your mind. It's not at the forefront of your mind, but it's there and it's wreaking havoc in that unconscious and in other areas. You just haven't seen it yet and that's what group hits versus individual. You're coming with the concept in mind of this is what I want to attack. This is what I want to get rid of. Now, what you want to get rid of or what you see is the problem an in individual may not actually be the root. So there's still going to be some movement over there for sure. I would say nine times out of 10, what we think is the problem is not actually the problem. It's some of the like, deflecting look over here energy so that you don't see the real root of it uh, sometimes that can you know really come into play but I love group because it is it creates so many more aha moments of things you would just never have thought of if you didn't have that group community setting or you weren't joining us in a session where we have intuitively selected a topic you know like this month we focused on grief (coughs) There were probably some people that were like, bleh, I don't have grief right now. There isn't anything that I have to explore here. And then you get into group and you're like, ooh, I thought all of that grief had moved on its merry way. But there it is still creating dysfunction in my life because I thought it was gone. So I wasn't looking at it anymore. I had looked away, but it was still tagging along like a little baggage carrier. Uh, so I think that is truly the beauty of group is that it's so many of those ahas, like, oh, I thought that was gone. I thought that this was no longer there, or perhaps even I didn't think I had any of this. And here I am having all of these memory flashbacks, all of these physical and emotional sensations right now. And then at the end of it, feeling so much lighter than when you began. So I think that for me is the beauty of group is the aha. Yeah, I agree with you. I also love the questions in the group
0: and questions that you would never think to ask. So this definitely piggybacks right along the ahas, both from the energetics of the energy being worked, but also from questions that other people ask. And so you're learning how to work with energy in ways that you wouldn't otherwise have the exposure to because even these questions wouldn't have crossed your mind to think about um, and to then get that information and be able to use it going forward in your own weekly, daily routines as you work with your own energy. And, you know, you touched on this a bit, the, the common themes. Like, we pick these themes and really supporting the collective. Like, we all tend to be navigating themes in our life at the same time, because of that collective energy, it just shows up in a little bit different way, which goes back to what you're saying of what you think you need, but necessarily the root of the issue. And so as we get underneath the root of the issue, through these main themes that are running within the collective, then that shift in your life is going to be uniquely yours and ripple out just like it would an individual. Um, but you're coming at it from perhaps the back door versus the front door. However, very transformative and like we talked about, I talked about earlier, combining all of our modalities in the group setting and the stronger together setting is really an experience in itself. And then if people want to work with us individually together If they're in the Stronger Together community, that's something that those members have access to as well. And what shifts for them within those sessions is just really, really, really beautiful and powerful because so much more is happening and they get so much more relief in such a shorter amount of time that it's like hitting the easy button. I didn't have an easy button when I started my healing journey. But I feel like we have built and created an easy button for the people that we walk beside in their journeys. Um, and so I, you know, like, I love a pan of brownies, but I want it all. <laughs> I no longer want to be in this dynamic where I'm just choosing one thing or the other thing. Like, I want to have the tools to do it on my own. I want to have the support. For individual when I need to lean into that I want to learn from everyone around me like why go it alone or do it the hard way and so I'm living my best and both life I want it all
1: yeah exactly I think another beauty of group too is the normalization that can come from like oh my gosh you thought that too or you feel like that too like It's not just me. I'm not some weirdo out here who feels a certain way about something or is triggered in a certain way about something. So some of that normalization of like, hey, we really truly are actually all humans. We do truly all experience things that are less than desirable. And sometimes we respond in ways that are also less than desirable. So like the normalization that can happen within that community too of like, oh, I just thought I was weird. That's a thing. Talk to me more about that thing. So something that if they didn't have group, they would just be thinking that I'm just a weirdo out here with this thing hanging out. I'm never going to bring it up to anybody because this is odd and then it's like oh my gosh this is a whole new area that just opens up to them and expands I still remember the ley lines conversation and one of the individuals in group being like I just thought I was a weirdo and felt weird when I was in a certain place like I just thought I hated the state of Minnesota for no reason (laughs) no there's actually some items behind this like let's talk about it so the concept that we get exposed to in group two are so different than what they would get if they were for sure, if they were just working with me, right? Because when you come into group, you have not just my modalities hanging out in there. You have your modalities, Janessa, hanging out in there. But we have so many practitioners that are in that group too, that also bring together their own flavor of like, hey, this is what our modalities like bring to this. Like, let's talk about it even more. So I also feel like it's not just our own uh, knowledge that's in there is it's truly that group collective knowledge that's coming to bet together and really forming something even bigger and more beautiful every single day as that group grows too.
0: Yeah, and I just can't get on with my best Enneagram life without mentioning the value, the money, the investment of the group for what you get and the shifts that it creates and the level of support and the amount of calls and all of the courses at your disposal and the knowledge and the information. Like you can't even begin to have a session with either one of us for what you get in that group where you have three hours every month with us and everyone else and the the connections, the support, the people. For me, in my personal group experiences of membership I've joined, I have a handful of very, very, very close friends that I met in those settings that I wouldn't otherwise have, and that in itself was worth every penny of the investment to be there, uh, let alone everything else that I got from those experiences, and our community is built that same way. Like When you come in, you're automatically met with other people who are going to celebrate you, cheer you on, truly, genuinely care about you. And for people who have those connections, they carry them on outside of the group calls as well and really are truly making friendships so that they're not doing this life journey experience alone or feeling isolation, which is so common as we heal. There's an element of isolation that definitely is a part of that. So if we haven't ranted and raved enough about the Stronger Together community, I do just want to share that you can come join us in the journey and you can find information for that on either of our websites, www.crystallinecurrents.com or soul.com. And if you're on Facebook, you can join our Facebook community. It is Stronger Together, Fall in Love with You, which is what we're all about, returning to ourselves and really loving ourselves and the life that we are given and living and so um, our next call will be the first Thursday in March, this leap year. I don't know. Things, dates, math. I always get a little bit confused. But our next call within the Stronger Together community will be the first Thursday in March where we have that open coaching call. And then the second and fourth Thursdays of each month, we have the healing session calls. And we're going to be moving into abandonment as we wrap up grief here in February. And all of the healing sessions that we've ever held are archived on that platform. And so this isn't a platform where you need to wait for the next live call to jump into because the minute that you register and get in there, you're going to have access to all of those healing sessions. So you're going to start having avenues and paths to heal your body, heal your family relationships, discover your purpose, Or if you know what your purpose is, take it to the next level where you're feeling like you're having a hard time moving forward in living your purpose, you're going to be able to move beyond those blocks. Um, So lots of great things to find there on the platform, and we would absolutely love to have you there in Stronger Tictionary. So with that, we're at the top of the hour, and it's time for us to bid you farewell. So I'll be back here next week you can join me for another amazing topic and until then friends keep your eyes wide open
1: here are all of our previously aired broadcasts of news for the soul online at newsforthesoul.com now let's get back to the show